Hi, I'm Dave Rowe, and welcome to another edition of the Calgary Stampeder Podcast. This week, we chat with Stan Schwartz. Man, this guy has seen it and done it all with the Stampeders in his decades of service with the team. He may be retired now, but you still see him around the stadium. You got a real quick glimpse of him on Labor Day as he blasted over in a CF-18, part of the flyby. He's got links with the military. He'll talk about that. He'll talk about his memories of the team. So much to learn from Stan Schwartz. He sat down with Jock Wilson. It's a real pleasure on the Calgary Stampeder podcast to be joined by a long-time executive, a long-time member of the Calgary Stampeder family. We're talking a member of the Stampeder Wall of Fame, the Canadian Football Hall of Fame, a former Calgary Sportsman of the Year, and you may not know this about Stan Swartz, he also flew the plane over McMahon Stadium on Labor Day. Mr. Swartz, how are you? Welcome to the Calgary Stampeder Podcast. Well, nice to be here. <laughs> certainly, I didn't fly the plane. I was uh, I was in the back seat. I certainly don't uh, qualify uh, qualify as a Canadian Forces uh, fighter pilot, but I certainly enjoyed the ride. Well, you know, and, and I wanted to talk a little bit about that, Stan, because I believe it was uh, back on uh, 2012, Peter McKay. Uh, the Minister of National Defense at the time made you an honorary colonel of the uh, 409 Tactical Fighter Squadron, Cold Lake, Alberta. Uh, take us back to that uh, that moment, because that must have been special for you. Well, certainly, um, you know, leading up to there, I did get, um, had some communication with the um, the command center at 409, asked if if I would be interested in becoming an honorary colonel, and they said, certainly. And then receiving the letter from uh, then... Um, uh, Minister of Defense Peter McKay in January of the following year. Um, then uh, I began the road of of um, becoming an honorary colonel, setting, getting ready for the investiture ceremony, my first ride in a, a CF-18 uh, Hornet fighter jet. And uh, after uh, five years, now I'm an honorary colonel emeritus. So uh, I certainly enjoyed the... Uh, so-called the ride, because uh, it is certainly special to be able to fly in a, uh, a CF-18 Hornet aircraft. So, so how many times have you been in the C-18, a CF-18? Uh, so, uh, several times. <laughs> several times. Okay, okay, f- fair enough. Now, uh, we can't talk about going over McMahon Stadium, because that was actually the first time you've ever been over McMahon Stadium on Labor Day, right? Right. Yeah, and several years ago, I... Um, I had an opportunity to fly over, but uh, I ended up getting the flu. And right. uh, to uh, go over the um, the pre-flight training and the egress training and that, uh, you have to be in pretty good health. And unfortunately, uh, I didn't uh, didn't make the flight. But uh, this is my first time over uh, McMahon Stadium, and uh, you get a very um, just a glimpse of the stadium, and it's <laughs> it's gone. So it, you move, you're just... moving at such a a fast uh, a speed. What did it mean to you, Stan, as a long-time, you know, member of this organization? You know, and, and Labor Day is always a special, special game, you know, for the Stampeder family. What did it mean to you to, uh, to fly in the CFA? Well, CFA I think team? I've always had a, a certainly appreciation for the, uh, for the forces. Uh, way back when my uncle served in the Second World War and was shot down by a German night fighter. Also, my time as a re- in the reserves with the South Alberta Light Horse and it certainly shows my age, but I qualified as a Sherman tank driver and a gunner, and uh, always had a appreciation um, for the services and being involved with the Stampeders McMahon Stadium, the various events, the Olympics and the uh, 
the royal visit. Uh, there's a, always a connection uh, to the military, but uh, to be able to fly over McMahon Stadium, I think mm-hmm. that's something that uh, is certainly a check, bar- a check mark on my bucket list. How much, you know, and, and I, I, I don't know what you can talk about, what you can talk about, because I know there is some classified information here, but how much preparation do you have to do, you know, for, for a flight like that? Well, we, you go up to, uh, because I'm, uh, I only fly on, a, on an occasional basis, and uh, any sort of training or medical or anything else only lasts for 30 days. So basically you go up to Cold Lake, take your medical, then you do all your egress training. And well, it, what that basically means is if something was to occur in flight, how you're going to get out of the plane, how you're going to manage the, um, the uh, load on your back and get rid of it, uh, the, you know, the deployment of the parachute, chute, landing, all those sorts mm-hmm. of things. So... Uh, it is a fairly intense um, um, exercise. It usually lasts about three to four hours. Okay, okay, fair enough. Now, you were also a member of the uh, the Royal Canadian Air Force uh, visit to uh, uh, to Kuwait, I believe. You went to Kuwait, to Lith- Lith- Lithuania. Uh, tell me a little bit about that yeah. experience. Well, we uh, the um, visit to uh, Kuwait, uh, we started off at Trenton, in Trenton, Ontario, and uh, flew in a C-17 to uh Kuwait and visited Al-Jabbar, Al-Salem, and then from there we visited uh, the troops in, uh, or the Air Force in Lithuania. At that time, they were members of the uh, uh, Cold Lake um, Squadron. They were patrolling the uh, air over uh, Lithuania. Did you ever think uh, when you were a rookie coach back in 1976 for the Calgary Stampeders that you would be uh, taking part in the Labor Day game of flying in a CF-18? Never, <laughs> never imagined it. Certainly, uh, myself and John Melbourne have been involved with the uh, flyover for 25 years. John, uh, ex-military, ex-Air Force uh, uh, pilot, and uh, we work with uh, Canadian Forces in uh, man- in uh, arranging for the fly pass. But uh, not once did I ever think that I'd be participating or uh, or flying over Man Stadium during the. Uh, the exciting Labor Day Classic. How many uh, how many G forces do you go through uh, when you're in the, a jet like that? Well, you know, over over you have some restrictions over the city of Calgary, so it's right. uh, minimal. But uh, in Cold Lake, when I've uh, flown there, I've uh, flown of six, seven G. So that is certainly a, a tremendous amount of uh, pressure on your body. But your G suit um, uh, makes sure it keeps all the the blood uh, <laughs> up in your upper body and in your uh, in your head, and uh, certainly you have to make sure that you are taking in a uh, large uh, amount of uh, or deep breaths and getting your yeah. oxygen in the system. I, I, I'm guessing it just gives you a much deeper, because you already have a great respect, but it gives you a deeper respect for our military. Yeah, no, I, I've always been so proud of our uh, Canadian forces and men and women that uh, serve in the Canadian forces, and uh, it's... Um, it's so important, uh, the service they um, commit to our country in order that we can enjoy living in the best country in the world, Canada. What does it mean to the military when they when they fly over and then they, they come down, you know, field level and they get introduced to, to the fans and, and the fans show great appreciation? Yeah. They uh, It is one of the uh, tasks each year that uh, when the uh, colonel of Four Wing uh, calls out for um, who would like to fly in the Labor Day Classic, uh, there certainly is a lineup, and uh, <laughs> we certainly take care of them too. You know, they they fly in, and uh, 
we meet, we have um, supper the night before, and then uh, we have the um, have the, have the uh, game, and uh, get they inter- introduced to the uh, crowd, and the Stampeders provide them a um, a Stampeder package, which is a a ball cap and a, a football, a jacket, and things like this, and uh, they certainly enjoy the uh, the game. I think what surprises them more is uh, when they're on the sideline. They certainly get an appreciation for the the impact and the collision in, in professional sports and professional sure. football, and it is somewhat shocking to them. Yeah, well, no, there's there's a great respect, uh, you know, for the military, not only, you know, from the Stampede organization, but the city of Calgary as well. Stan, I, you know, you've been involved with this uh, with this team for so many years. You've seen the good, the bad, the ugly. You've seen great times, you know, with the city of Calgary. And I, I know you've got a book coming out, uh, you know, a little bit later on, so I don't want to, I don't want to scoop the book. Uh, the book is called what, by the way? My unpredictable journey, because everybody's journey is unpredictable. <laughs> That's a great, great title, by the way. So if, if I have to ask you for a couple of highlights, you know, from your 40-plus years with the organization, with McMahon Stadium, uh, what, what comes to mind? Well, I think um, winning the first Great Cup in 92 with, uh, with uh, Doug Flutie and the, and the gang, that certainly uh, is a highlight. But I think... Um, you know, staging the Labor Day Classics, the um, the um, the Royal Visit, uh, certainly the Olympics opening closing ceremonies. Mm-hmm. You know, they're all they all have uh, given me special uh, presented special memories, and uh, it was a uh, it was a great journey. What were the toughest times with your organization? Well, I would think any time there's uh, a financial uncertainty, you mm-hmm. know, with the ownership and you moving from a community owned to private ownership, and uh, even though private ownership gave us uh, instant financial stability, it certainly had its challenges along the way, too, with uh, different ownerships and ownerships ownership that struggled uh, to maintain the um, the financial support of the club and mm-hmm. transferring over to a new owner. And uh, But right now it is sitting in a, a great situation with right. the uh, Calgary Sports and Entertainment Corporation and um, it's probably in the best uh, financial situation it's ever been. I, I, I can vaguely remember, and I, I was in Calgary for the SOS campaign in the mid-'80s, and uh, uh, this team was so close to shutting the doors. Uh, you were a lot closer to it than I was. How close was this team to basically saying it's over? Well, I would think within you know 24 hours. I mean, and, right? and the key people certainly to keep it alive and to... Uh, make the difference where people like Tony and Selma who had the uh, great connection with the Alberta government, provincial, uh, federal government, the city of Calgary, the corporate community and, uh, you know, save the stamps campaign and uh, people rallied behind it. And uh, we ended up getting in moving from community to private ownership. And uh, for a while there, everything was uh, great. <laughs> and then again, we moved into a new ownership situation. So, right. Each of the owners had their uh, had their challenges, but uh, they were all part of uh, making sure this uh, football club survived. And it, like I said earlier, it's in the best shape it's ever been. Yeah, which is uh, which is fantastic. But twenty four hours away from actually closing the doors, it was that tight, that close. That's... You know, and even when we went into receivership in uh, in ninety six, uh, when um, the end of the Rickman era, I mean, we were closed. Uh, for um, 30 days, you know, not knowing if we were going to have a new owner or not. And right. 
and try to maintain all the staff was locked out except the football coaches because we wanted to make sure we would maintain that because the closure happened around March 1st and then we had a new owner, Sig, came in around April 1st and um, we opened the doors. Sig really was a savior, wasn't he? Oh, Sig was was an excellent owner. You know, he was a... Initially, he's like a lot of the owners. They really don't much know much about the game, mm-hmm. you know, not to be disrespectful, but they don't really know if the football stuffed or puff or has got feathers in it. <laughs> and uh, But once Sig uh, kind of got a feel, he um, he had the, he just felt that Wally and I were uh, doing the best job possible. He kind of stepped aside and uh, let us run the organization. And during Sig's time, we did go to the Great Cup three times and win it too. That's right. So That's he right. was a, a very successful owner. Um, give me the Stan Swartz story because, you know, you're a Medicine Hat boy, you're in the Medicine Hat, uh, you know, Wall of Fame, uh, everything from that standpoint. Uh, how, does a, how does a young young kid, a young buck from Medicine Hat uh, become so heavily involved with the Calgary Stampeders in the CFL? Well, I think, it, you know, it all started when I was uh, playing football in, in Medicine Hat, in Medicine Hat uh, High School and was invited to a, a Stampeder evaluation camp. And those evaluation camps in those days, they would evaluate... Do you play for the University of Calgary? Do you play junior? Or are you, you know, were you Jerry Watson or Joe Ferdani? They went on, played in the States, Ray Watron. And then, um, you know, got involved in uh, coaching high school and Bantam football. And uh, after two years, uh, was fortunate enough to get an opportunity to, uh, to, co- to go to school at Indiana State University and help coach the running backs. And... Uh, after receiving my master's degree and moving back to Calgary, got back into the school system. And um, uh, fortunately, one of the uh, new assistant coaches with the Stampeders under Coach Bob Baker was Gene Stauber. Okay. And I had coached with Gene at Indiana State, and that opened the door for uh, my opportunity to uh, get into the CFL. Initially... People thought it wasn't a very good move. You know, I had a good job as a as a teacher, and um, leaving the teaching profession and going into the uncertainty of uh, professional sports um, certainly left a, a lot of questions in uh, in people's <laughs> minds. But uh, fortunately, it all worked out. After um, eight years as an assistant coach, uh, two of those of which I managed McMahon Stadium and managed McMahon Stadium till. Uh, 94, uh, 94, then got back on with the Stampeders, 95, as, right. a, as a vice president, and uh, and then became uh, president for a long time, general partner, and... Done it and all. That's, done it all. That's my story. Have you, have you, ever, have you ever cleaned washrooms in McMahon Stadium? You've done I everything did it else. all. I like <laughs> cleaned <laughs> washrooms and uh, shoveled snow and uh, drove the tractor to uh, clean the snow off the field and uh, pick gum off the turf. And you do, d- you do whatever well. you have to do to make it work. And uh, I was always fortunate to have, during, with McMahon Stadium, the, the good folks of uh, people like John Haverstock, Don Phelps, Joe Benoit, Gary McTighe, uh, Greg Ammon, just excellent people that are still still there today. Yeah, and he, even with with the football club, we've always had uh, great people to work with. And although there were times when things weren't as uh, good on the field as we'd like, and uh, but uh, in the end, we all tried to uh, to do what we could. And to you know, do what we could for the uh, sure. betterment of the football club. Now, you you also had a, a wrestling background, did you not? 
Well, I yeah, I, I did a little wrestling in um, in college, but I uh, I coached wrestling okay. in high school and uh, uh, coached uh, junior Olympic wrestling. Right, and uh, was very fortunate in, uh, at Viscount Bennett to have a very good team that uh, we won the cities and provincial championships. So. Yeah, I enjoyed uh, enjoyed the wrestling. <laughs> well, and 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 you're and you're still you're still a giver because you're you're still giving back. You know, even though you're no longer associated with the Calgary Stampeders, Stan, uh, you know, you're you're still involved in amateur football. You're it's always going to be in your heart and your passion, right? Right. Yeah. No. I, and uh, I still serve as a director with the Greater Calgary Amateur Football Association, right. uh, which of which Greg Peterson uh, is the president, and it's uh, certainly been a uh, Enjoyable experience. A lot of credit goes to uh, to Greg, uh, uh, Tony Spalatini, and Don Dom for all the work that uh, has been put in in the development of Shouldice Park. And although I was uh, on the board, I was a small part of it. But uh, nevertheless, I uh, I certainly um, appreciate the work that uh, they put into it and to make it all happen. Do you have a Stan Peter tattoo anywhere in your body, Stan? No, no. <laughs> but you still cheer for the team. You still support oh, the team. Yeah. Uh, and, and before I let you go, because this has been great reminiscing, um, how do you think this team is going to do this year? You know, because we're, we're midway through the season. Labor Day is in the books. Uh, this team is still the, the number one team in the league. And, yeah. um, you know, hey, there, there's expectations, but we've seen what happens the last couple yeah. of the Grey Cups. Well, I always like the the club chance. I may mean, think under uh, a general manager, President uh, Huff, and uh, – Dave Dickens and their staff, they've got excellent staff, excellent group of people. Um, unfortunately, in, a, in a football, there's one game, and that's, uh, that's what's always so difficult. Even with, we had the great teams with uh, Wally way back in the 90s. You know, three years in a row, we were 15 and three. We go to the Grey Cup once. So I like their chances as good as anybody, but I think um, Edmonton's a pretty good football team right now, and... Uh, you know, Saskatchewan's getting better. You know, they mm-hmm. get their quarterbacking solidified. You know, and you never know about Wally out with Lule out in BC. <laughs> Anybody could knock you off on a, on a one game, and that's so what's un, unfortunate about uh, CFL football. Okay. You got to be at your very best for that uh, for the playoff game, and and then the. And the Grey Cup. I, I, I'm going to take this full circle because we opened this interview talking, uh, you know, about being an honorary colonel and doing the flyby over McMahon Stadium for Labor Day. Uh, an honorary colonel, Stamps Wall of Fame, Canadian Football Hall of Fame. I, I, I even hate to ask this question. Can, can you rank them or are they all just on the same level? Well, I would think, uh, you know, Canadian Football hey, Hall of Fame is pretty special because that's a yeah. accumulation of everything as a player right all the way up through with the Stampeders. But... Uh, Certainly, being an honorary colonel is um, is a special uh, a special honor, and uh, to be able to, in a small way, to be able to support the men and women of the Canadian Forces is um, is a, certainly a memorable experience. Yeah. Stan, thanks so much for coming in. This has been a lot of fun. All right, thank you. Stan Schwartz, retired and loving life, but he's always going to be a big part of the Stampeder family, and that family is all the richer for having had Stan or running the show for so long. Calgary Stampeder Podcast can be found at all of your favorite locations, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and TuneIn. Download it from our website as well. That's all the time we have this week. If you like the podcast, please take a moment to rate us, leave your comments, leave some suggestions for future shows, and if you really like us, why not tell a friend? For Jock Wilson... 
I'm Dave Rowe. This has been another edition of the Calgary Stampeder Podcast.